Man, there's talk of our troops uh, being put to risk in Ukraine. I'm having trouble getting there. There's always this question, I think, for our troops when they come home, our veterans. What what then? And talk with a guy who figured out what then. Uh, he's out to launch a company based upon three words. God, team, and country. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. I read a book recently. It's a workbook. It took me about three months to get through. Is that right? Yeah, about two months. It's called Experiencing God. And it's one of the books I'm reading as I pursue maybe one day going through the ordination process to be an ordained pastor. I'm not I'm not there yet. It's it's this could be a decade away as I really understand the monumental responsibility of being an ordained pastor. It could be a decade away from me. But one of the things that the book talks about is finding the work God is doing around you. And it also talks about how God speaks to us in this, the church age. God speaks to us through his word, through the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through his church. That's the body of Christ. And he speaks to us through circumstances. And we're about to talk with a gentleman who is 25 years in the Navy. He was also a Navy SEAL. Um, circumstances in his life led him to launch a company that's, he's putting it out there. God Country Team is on the, the labels or the stickers on every single one uh, of his coffee products, Bonefrog Coffee. And the reason I mentioned experiencing God in this is I do think that God speaks to us through circumstances. And I got a, uh, I got a phone call from a friend of mine. I thought it was a text. He was in a coffee shop in the separate country of Washington, and he was doing a book signing. He's an author. And someone overheard him mention my name. And this gentleman went over and said, wait a minute, do you know Todd? And my friend and Tim knew each other, but he didn't know that Cy knew me. So Cyrus said, hey, look, I'll make this connection. And here I was absolutely honored to get on the phone and have a conversation with one of our veterans and SEALs who has decided to launch a coffee company um, and use his skills as a SEAL, but also to promote forever remembering sacrifices his brothers and sisters made, and not just to promote it, but to help make sure that proceeds go to these families. And I consider that a God thing to put he and I together. So joining me now, uh, Tim Krushek is the founder and CEO of Bone Frog Coffee. He is a retired Navy SEAL and I'm wearing the hat. And I want you to know I wore the hat at the gym today. About 15 people came up and said, what's the hat? But uh, I told them, <laughs> look, if you don't know, you don't know. Okay, you probably don't need to know if you don't know. Um, I actually explained it to them. Explain this to me, Tim. Um, God country team that's on the coffee bag in my kitchen. God country team. So what's that mean? 
Yeah, Todd, thank you so much for having me. And it's a great question. And I made sure that I put that on every bag because those are the three values that mean the most to, to me and to our company. God, because I put God first in everything that we do. And that means your decision-making, your ethics, your values. And I think if you put God first in everything, you can't go wrong. Country, because I was willing to, to fight and die for our American way of life and for our freedom. It, it's that important to me. And team, I didn't put family, I put team for a very specific reason because team encompasses everything. It's your family, it's your church, it's your community. It's everything that comes together to make that team, which makes you stronger. Right. And, you know, if people who run their families like teams or lead their families like teams, uh, do a lot better with the mission statement, et cetera. And um, so let's talk about God, because, you know, this country that you are willing to defend and that uh, Bone Frog is dedicated to, to, you know, people who fought and died. And, and we'll talk about that, that the, the, the nature of what you do and, and who you honor. Um, how risky is it? What's the response been when you go into businesses or people see God on, on the coffee? We, we live in a nation where that's a cancelable offense. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think there's also a, a big group of people out there that they feel relief that there's companies out there that are willing to put that right on their bag that lead with that first. There's a lot of people and it's been a very positive response. And, and you know, I want other companies out there that are thinking about doing that to, to not be afraid to be canceled. Lead with that. Put it on your packaging. Join other companies like myself and, and, and other ones out there that are doing the same thing. And I hope that, you know, by leading by example, that we'll see a lot more of this in the future. Well, clearly, you know, uh, when I took the radio show private and, and took it to podcasts, it was so that I could put God at the center of it. Um, and, you know, one of the things I respect about you um, amongst many is though that's on the bag of coffee, this isn't a marketing slogan. Like, you know, I've, I've talked to uh, I've talked to my team continually. We will not use God's name as a marketing slogan. He's our banner. No. Right. Um, but then I'd ask this there. I don't want to, you know, I, I've been disappointed with some companies who will come out and plant principles in the ground. Uh, and then when things get tough, those principles are tossed to the side. And I've seen that happen with companies who champion the second amendment and all of a sudden, Oh, well not that use of the second amendment. Um, so what's it going to be when the big company comes to you um, and says, Hey, we can distribute you, Tim, but we're going to need you to go ahead and take God off the coffee. Yeah. I, I, I put those on there for a reason and they're non-negotiable it, because it, it, it goes beyond the company. It's how I, I lead my life. It's how I've led my life up to this point, my time in the military. Th those things are important to me and they're, they're just simply not negotiable. Good. Well, because I think the people have, have, uh, have, have encountered uh, an opportunity to make gobs of money. If just this one time, uh, you'll come out and say, well, that was a, you're not allowed to defend yourself with the Second Amendment under a situation like that. Um, so country, uh, you were willing to die for your country and, and you worked with and served with people who were also willing to die. Um, so what, what does America mean to you specifically? So I think it goes back to God as well. Um, you know, these, these guys that I served with, I would say in a lot of cases are closer to the, me than my own family. We spent that much time together. We knew each other that much. 
we went through hell and back together. And, you know, during 17 years of war, I lost a lot of friends. And it's important to me that their names are honored and their sacrifices are, are known to every American. And that's why this company is so important. And while, why I won't negotiate on those three values, because it's how I led my life and it's how, you know, we, uh, led our operations as well in the military. It's, it's very important to me. Do you think a company like bone frog coffee could exist in other countries where you put God country team up front? That's a great question. I, I don't know. Um, I think in a lot of countries, probably not. Um, you know, we, we still live in a country that has freedom of speech for the most part, (laughs) you know, we're starting to lose that slowly. Um, but at this point I still can follow the first amendment and I can, you know, say those things out loud and I will continue to do that. I love that you're mainstreaming the use of God's name. One of the things we talk about on the podcast is I ask people to use God's name. Like just in casual conversation, God be with you. God bless you. Um, remind ourselves, you know, we're going to do this. Remind ourselves, God willing, we're going to do this. Right? Mm-hmm. God willing, my vacation's going to look like this. Not only are we reminding ourselves about, you know, you can make all the plans you want and God giggles at the, well, I don't think God giggles. He's God. He laughs. He scoffs uh, at the plans of man sometimes. Uh, sometimes he blesses them. But that act of mainstreaming the use of God, what that does is it gives other people the bravery to say, wow, that guy said God. Well, wow, that guy prayed at his lunch table right there in downtown exactly. Seattle. He prayed in his lunch table. Yes, Exactly. You're exactly right. right. So let's talk about team. There are sports teams, and I think that's the the dynamic that most people understand in terms of team. Um, most people do not understand team in terms of this is the guy who will drape me over his shoulder. Both my femurs are broken. I'm shot through the lungs. He will drape me over his shoulders. He will carry me out. And you are a medic. Uh, he will fix me up, even if it's just what he can do in the battlefield. He's going to get me to the heli. He's going to get me to the helicopter. So talk to people who've never served in that capacity of what that team means, Tim. Um, and this is a great question. When you go through boot camp, they strip you down from everything. They take all your clothes. They shave your head. They take everything. They put it in a box and they mail it home. They do that for a reason because they're trying to teach you that you're not an individual anymore. You're part of a bigger team. And when I got to SEAL training, they, they took it to the next level and everything was done as a team. You were assigned a swim buddy and you weren't allowed to get further than six feet apart from each other. You did everything together. And it, it really, it, it made you focus on a mindset that it's not about you. It's about the team. You are an integral part of the team, but it's not about you. For example, when you came back off a mission, you had things that you took care of. You took care of your gear. You took care of your guys. You make sure they were fed. The last person that you took care of was yourself. If you got up from eating, you made sure you asked everybody at the table if you could get them something. And so all those things are ingrained in you and and became part of who you are. Um, I raised my family as a team. We would even sign our emails, Team Crookshank. Every one of my kids, my wife, they knew they were part of something greater than themselves, that they were all an integral part of a team, that their strengths made our team stronger, and that if they failed, um, we were there to have their backs. There's something called having somebody six, 
And that's when you go back to back and you know that that person is back there. They, you trust them to have your six and to protect you. And that's what it's all about is having each other's six, being a team um, and believing in something greater than yourself. One of the greatest compliments ever ever got from my daughter was um, when we, um, um, when we had been traveling with one of the things the flights went wrong and, and everyone else was scrambling for hotel rooms and I had a backup hotel room and it doesn't compare to your world of combat, but I'm obsessive about this. Right. And we got back to the backup hotel room. Everyone else was scrambling for places to stay. And I said, are you surprised that we had this? She goes, no. I, why? She goes, because you're always going to make sure I have a place to sleep. You're always going to do that. And, and to have that knowledge of teammates that, hey, are my guys going to show up? Yeah, my guys are going to show up, right? Are they going to leave me behind? No. So let's translate all these things um, into a coffee brand because a cynic would say, okay, Tim, so you're, you're a retired SEAL. Um, you've served the country, God, uh, country team. And so now we're going to put that on coffee and, and sell coffee. So let's talk about how this benefits um, your community of brothers and sisters. The coffee is a vehicle to start a conversation. The, the bone frog, the name is really what it's all about. In selling this coffee and having this in front of people, it starts the conversation so we can talk about what the bone frog is and have that become an iconic symbol for, for the United States and every American to see it and to understand yeah. what it is, that it's a symbol of freedom and sacrifice and a belief in something greater than yourself. That's what it's all about. And then we take a portion of the proceeds off the top and we give it back to the community to help those that are still out there fighting the fight, not only the active duty, but their families, their kids, the, the disabled and all of them. It's my way of continuing to keep serving the community. And, and my hope is someday I'm giving away big cardboard checks, not only to the SEALs, but to all services. And I, I don't know where you get the big cardboard checks, but I want to get them. I I've never gotten a big cardboard check, but man, they're cool. I want to, but you yeah. should get, since you're a, you know, since you're a seal, you, you have to have the bigger check than all the checks. So you got to have like a, <laughs> you know what, you should get some of the truck drivers, a truck driver, you know, a semi truck trailer size check. I love the vision. Now let's get to this. Um, I, I mentioned this compliment I got from my daughter. So we brought bone frog home. And we brought home several flavors. So number one, and this, this is a little bit controversial. So I don't want this to anger your seal brothers and sisters. Um, I gave some to the family of an army ranger, a green beret. So is that okay? Absolutely. (laughs) They're our brothers. Okay. So uh, they loved it. They loved the coffee. Um, My wife was thrilled with it. Um, And then my daughter came down. My daughter normally drinks flavored coffees. She's a teen. Um, So she likes mochas and lattes and caramel meculee things. And she, she drank some of your coffee just straight. And she came back and said, wait, is this, this is that the bone guy's coffee? I said bone frog. Yeah. She goes, this is delicious. Um, so you didn't skimp. Um, you guys yeah. found a, a, a brilliant roaster. So let's talk about the, the bone frog coffee product. Cause it, that's what it comes down to. Yes. So I, you know, starting this company, I had to create products that represented the community well. 
Um, I, I, and especially being from the Seattle area, you know, it's a lot of pressure to create good coffee. I always say, by the grace of God, we ran into a guy named Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart was the original owner of Seattle's Best Coffee. And so if people remember, if they're old enough to remember, mm-hmm. back in the 70s, there was, a, there was a big battle between two guys, uh, Dave Stewart and Howard Schultz. And uh, they basically, the two of them created what is known today, this big uh, coffee craze worldwide. Uh, Dave Stewart has been roasting coffee for over five decades, and he does it extremely well. Uh, his coffee is is rich and bold, and it does not have a burnt or acidic flavor. People like it because it's smooth and has a deep, rich flavor. And, and the quality of beans that he uses, very similar to our wine, you can taste the flavor profiles that come through on them. It's absolutely fantastic. This is full package for me because um, it's the principles and it extends down into the coffee because your story is so perfect. It is so golden. It is so needed. I'm speaking the name of God boldly and unashamedly and speaking regard for country patriotism boldly on your packaging, honoring team, right? And who you are and how you've served that, but then to not skimp on the coffee, Right. That's that's really where it's at. So now let's you're yeah, you do so much and you're so very busy. Um, but in putting together this company, you've also put together a whole series of ways to buy coffee. Um, so let's go through some of the product choices. Um, but I want I want you to know that I have a, a predilection for the dark coffees like your dark blew me out. But I also loved your medium roast that shocked me. Because it was prepared to come back and pretend to like it because I like you, but I don't lie. So I drank it. Oh my gosh, the medium rocks. So let's talk about the array of coffee products that you have. So we have the dark roast, uh, which is our yeah. Frogman, uh, which is mm-hmm. kind of a, it's a retro uh, look at the World War II Frogman from, you know, the beaches of Normandy to the South Pacific. It's a really cool story that we talk about in the back of the bag. Um, but we needed something, you know, dark and bold to talk yeah. about those men from World War II. <laughs> uh, we have a Sons of Valor blend that is kind of an in-between dark medium. That one is yeah. a joint venture we did with a couple Navy guys, uh, Anders and Wilson, that uh, are doing great things. International best-selling authors. Um, our Bone Frog blend. The Bone Frog takes its or- origins from uh world war ii from those uh navy frogmen and and a buddy of mine keith kamura also a seal corpsman originally drew the bone frog and um when he passed away the bone frog became an iconic symbol on the seal teams for those that gave their lives and that's what i'm trying to share and the bone frog medium roast uh is a is a fan favorite people love it it's fantastic. And it really, it honestly goes well with everything. It makes great espressos. Um, and then we have a light roast. Uh, it's called Zen Frog. People shy away from light roasts. And I, I want everybody to listen to this. It's one of my favorites. It's one of my kids' favorites. The espresso uh, comes out kind of uh, sweet, like a creme brulee. It's, it's amazing. It's fantastic. So if you have a chance to try the Zen Frog, try it. The Zen Frog I, I created as a mindset of being calm in the midst of chaos. It's something that we're 
trained to do that um, that calmness is contagious. And so when the guys look to you as a leader and you're calm, even the things, everything around you is going to, you know what, um, that, that bleeds over into them and they, they need to see that you're being calm. And that's what the Zen frog represents. So uh, if it's uh, available espresso, I will try, you will be the first person successful in getting me to try another light roast. Uh, if it's available (laughs) espresso, I'm going to do that. I'll continue to drink the coffee. I have to go down to my coffee hut and they've tried the coffee and I'm just telling them I'm delivering the news every single day, seven days a week for two years. I've gone there sometimes twice a day, two cups every time. I am probably bought that owner, a new Mercedes rides over. If it's not bone frog. I don't drink it. So oh, I'm so that, grateful. Thank you. That, that, and by the way, that's going to be a big hit for the Folgers company because, um, you know, uh, to, to when I was doing morning radio, you got up at four o'clock in the morning and Tim, I'm ashamed to say this. I would take three scoops of Folgers coffee and put it into one of these here Mason jars. I tried that after I've been drinking your coffee. I tried that the other day just to see if I could still do it. I can't do it. So you've absolutely destroyed my paste taste buds in a good way. So it's bone frog coffee. And I am so unbelievably honored um, to help you uh, make iconic, even more so, the Bone Frog image and name. Uh, I am so honored to help uh, support the families of our heroes, and and um, I'm so I'm so grateful that you've decided to boldly and happily share the name of God Almighty um, in this in this endeavor. Um, and more businesses need to do this um, and truly honor God. So. Um, just welcome to the, uh, the, the podcast family, the Todd Herman show. And, uh, I just want every listener to try. All I ask is, is all hundred thousand, 200,000 of you just try six cups, six bags, just buy six bags. I think that'd be enough, right? I am grateful as a, as a small veteran owned business to have the opportunity to have a platform to tell people about what we're doing. And I think the bigger that we get, the more people we can help and the more we can spread the word and hopefully lead by example. So other companies out there see what we're doing, do not feel afraid to put God first and, and come along and join the journey with us, Todd, in sharing God's name along with our businesses and, and put more good into the world. Uh, I think it's right. important. Yeah, I I agree too. And by the way, we've got a lot of businesses who listen to the show. If you're a business that serves coffee, your restaurant or coffee shop, get in touch with us, get in touch with Tim um, and let's get you guys hooked up, right? Let's start, let's make sure that this coffee is featured in restaurants and, and distributed everywhere, particularly if you're a godly business. I'm thinking of a coffee shop in Sandpoint, Idaho that has, that has, um, biblical quotes everywhere. They've got Bibles distributed. It's the most godly coffee shop. We've got to take that out. So man, I better get me a bone frog business card or something like that. Cause I'm going to be selling outside the podcast. So I appreciate you brother. I just appreciate you so much. Ask that you go with God's grace. Um, my prayers for you and your family. And uh, thank you, Tim, for coming on board with us. Thank you so much, Todd, for, for having me and for supporting our business and and everything that we're doing, it, it makes a huge difference. And I'm greatly appreciative. So there it is. God country team, Tim Cruikshank. Here's how you can purchase the coffee. And this does, it helps him. It helps the veterans. Uh, it also helps this, this program in growth. And it's the best coffee I've ever had. You just go to bonefrog.us. 
bonefrog.us and you'll see a whole bunch of different forms of coffee. Incidentally, I should say that this is the first time, I think I mentioned this with Tim, um, this is the first time I've liked a light roast. I always thought that the light roasts were a waste of space. Um, I liked, it's called Zen Frog. And I actually love this. There's Sons of Valor, which is medium dark, Frogman, dark roast, bone frog, medium roast. It was the medium roast that my daughter loved. She's a teen who normally drinks flavored coffees. She said, this doesn't need any flavor. So there's multiple ways that you can enjoy this. And, uh, you know, don't forget if you're business, right? This is a, imagine the brand in your business. If you're a business that proudly puts biblical quotes on the walls and, and, and quotes from the Lord Jesus, well, God, country, team, Bonefrog Coffee. It's bonefrog.us. Um, I've often said, as I'm looking at what is unfolding in Ukraine, I have this deep, deep fear. And it's deep fear about our military members. And it's a deep fear related to I guess maybe it's my character defect, one of them. And my question is, knowing what I know about, knowing what I know about the party and what I'm watching, I'm becoming more and more worried about people who would otherwise join the military refusing to join the military. I become more and more worried about good people leaving the military because of what's being done to the military. And I'm puzzled by people who are able to stay behind and serve. Now, I shouldn't be puzzled because to serve in any capacity in the armed forces is an act of honor. There's a reason that we love and support military members is because of what people are willing to do for us. That's for all of us. My worry is I hear more and more often from veterans that they don't want their kids to join the military. I hear more and more from cops who are saying, I don't want my family to, to, to get into law enforcement. I'm, I'm convincing my kid. In fact, I just talked to a guy the other day. He's a third generation cop. He told his son, go, go be a firefighter. Do not sign up to be a cop. We're hated. And one of the sad effects of a, well, cultural revolutions are always sad because it's an artificial way of tipping society upside down. One of the effects that we're seeing of all of this is we're seeing people who are otherwise great patriots and great cops no longer being willing to do that. But it's the inverse to this that has me so very concerned. When men and women of honor will not pursue these jobs, who's left? And I'm not, look, be, be very clear. I am not saying if you are continuing to serve that you are that not an honorable person, far from it. I'm talking about the new wave of people who want to join a military that exists simply to be another parking place for intersectional values, simply another place where you go pretend men or women, simply another place where you go work for general white rage that is just another way to flip society over. And what has me so deeply concerned is when a society's military and cops are now peopled by folks who've been taught that revenge is the name of the game. And that the reason you join something like the military is to go have revenge. That deeply concerns me. Or cops. Because you have, I, I, I have experienced, <laughs> look, this is, this is the fault of the guy I was with. But I used to have a fear of small town cops. 
I did because I experienced small town coppahood in a couple different ways. When I was really young kid in Idaho, and there's a point to this. When I was a really young kid growing up on the border of Idaho and Washington State, uh, we went out. One of us, me, was a designated driver. Other people, my friends, drank. And we were in State Line, Idaho. And if you know the area, State Line is, is, is sort of old Idaho. Lots of, uh, lots of bars where there's naked women. And, and we didn't go to the naked woman place. Uh, but we were going through State Line. And we went across the freeway over to the Washington side. Uh, we're headed towards the Washington side and we're on a side road and a cop pulled us over. Okay. Fair game. Late at night, bunch of young guys in the car. Maybe one of us is drunk. I get it. He was, uh, he, he pulled us over and he came up to the window and just said, uh, driver's license registration. I said, yes, officer. And I just went to reach for this stuff. And the guy sitting next to me decides to go smart mouth. And he says, so why'd you pick us? I no, you didn't. You didn't just say that to an Idaho cop. And I turned, I said, officer, no problem. I understand. I, I may have been driving too quickly. And the cop says, what'd you say to me? Why'd you pick us? And he looks at my friend. He goes, I'll get to you. License and registration. And this is before the proof of insurance day. So I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Officer, I'm going to reach in. That's in my glove compartment. You mind if I reach in there? And I, and I look over at my friend. I say to his ear, I say to his ear, shut up. Pull out my life, the registration, hand him my license. And he comes back. You now he goes to his car. He took an, an extraordinarily long time. And the, I didn't know the guy was sitting next to me that well. He was a good friend of a friend of mine, but he was from California. So he had a preconceived notion of Idaho cops. And, and, and to a degree, he was right. So the cop takes an extraordinary amount of time. This guy says, I'm going to go check on this. I go, you get out of that car. You're dead. What are you doing? <laughs> Sit down. And the officer comes back, hands me my driver's license and registration. And he says, I wrote you up for inattentive driving. And he's looking me in the eyes. I said, yes, sir, officer. Yes, sir. And he goes, and you get out of the car. And the kid starts to protest. He goes, don't make me come over there. I said, get out of my car. Get out of my car. Get out of my car right now. And he bought this on his own. So he gets out of the car. The officer says to me, your friend, they'll be right along. Just, just one second. He goes, take off your shoes and your socks. And the kid said, what? He goes, take off your shoes and your socks now. So guy takes off his shoes and socks. He says, put him in the car. He says, drive your car across the Washington state line. You can wait for your friend there. He's going to be a little while. So we drove across the Washington state line and we parked. And that young man had to walk a mile and a half on a gravel road, barefoot. Because he was a, what my grandpa would call a wiseacre. Now, that cop sniffed big city on this guy. That cop sniffed. Well, he didn't need the sniff. He was the, the kid was an he was a jerk to the cop. So cops can have these extraordinary powers. Now, look, so the guy had to walk on a gravel road. Back in the day, that's what you did. I've told the story before about being roughed up by a cop. 
in, in outside of Salt Lake City. Guy was an off-duty cop. He didn't like the way I was driving. I was driving aggressively. I wasn't speeding, but I was being that, that jerk who weaves in and out of traffic. I was being a jerk. That didn't give him the right to, to basically pull me out of the car and, and to slap me on the street. He did, and he slapped me good, and he tried to get me to punch him, but no way was I going to punch a cop. But man, he wanted me to. Because he, he would have beat me silly. I didn't do that. Because I've been brought up to respect cops. Even, even a cop acting that way. And frankly, at that point, I didn't have much respect for him. But I honestly didn't want to die. And I didn't want to take a beating by this guy. And so I, I turned the other cheek. Which I guess we're taught to do anyway. I don't guess we are. So my concern is... Those are two, one bad cop, the cop in Salt Lake City, it was confirmed to me by his colleagues that he was a bad cop. I had a number of officers in Salt Lake get with me when I was doing radio down there and say, hey, listen, stay away from that guy. If you ever get pulled over, here's my card. I had a patrol officer, a patrol lieutenant, give me his card and say, hey, look, if you get pulled over, call me. Wherever I'm at, I'll send someone along just to make sure it's not this guy because he's a bad, he's a bad dude. I think his name was Corn. Is it Popcorn? No, Corn Pop. I, just, I, I, I actually don't remember the officer's name. So there's all a point to this. I'll get to that in, in just a second. So from a startup business, Bone Frog Coffee, to a really established business, my friend Zach Abraham, Bulwark Capital Management, always hasn't always been established. He had to walk through fire and rain and storm to get where he's at, but that makes him a better financial manager. And Bulwark Capital Management focuses on risk management. See, upside is all a part of this, right? If you're too conservative, you park a bunch of money in the bank, and man, I'm guilty, done that, sit there in a money market account for 20 years. You have had all sorts of opportunity loss. That's also a form of risk management. But the risk management most people think about is losing, you know, losing a ton of money in a topsy-turvy weird market. So one of the reasons I choose to work with Zach Abraham and have him on the show is he's a truth teller about the financial market. The financial market is not rational. You know, it's no longer value-based. It's a game. And Zach has grown to understand the game, and that's proven through the success of Bulwark Capital Management. Now, if you're up to a nearing, you know, if you're in your 20s, who cares? 30s, okay. 40s, well. But if you're in your 50s and you're staring wannabe retirement in the face, and you wonder if you can retire, particularly if you work for a big company, like, and you have an early retirement plan, can you get out now? Maybe this is the time to get out. Maybe that's in your soul. Well, simply call Zach Abraham. He'll run the numbers in a non-emotional sense and see if it's possible for you to retire right now. And if not, when will it be? So it's a phone call away. You will know after you talk with Zach, if you're able to do this, he's at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. A reminder, investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. And Zach is a truth teller. And the truth about the stories of those two cops and those negative interactions in my concern is this. Cops with attitudes are humans with attitudes. My interactions with cops 
my entire life have been 99% positive, probably yours as well. But that's because 99% of cops were brought into a department that in fact prides itself on trying to treat people the right way. I am well aware of the well-earned suspicion between the black community and cops in, for instance, Los Angeles. And if you've not researched the red line that went on down there, it was very real. And it affected people in a deeply emotional way. I'm well aware of the founding of that and that it's been addressed and that the United States is not a racist country. And my deepest concern about what is going on in the Cultural Revolution is that they're building an army of people who want to act that way. Now, that cop on the road in Idaho, he technically broke the law. He had no reason on earth, no legal reason to take that kid out of the car and make him walk. But he was being a, he was being the silverback of the group, the cop. Oh, you want to wag your face at me, son? Well, then I'm going to use my power to make you walk a mile, mile and a half, maybe two miles on a gravel road. That's your lesson. Don't wag your chin at me. The cop in Salt Lake, he could have accomplished what he wanted to do without hitting me. He could have followed me. He could have had called on the phone, called 911. This kid's a crazy nut. He's going to kill somebody. But he accomplished that by hitting me. And you ramp that up. And you ramp it up on an institutional basis. And you're recruiting an army of people who want to be an army of headcrackers, but for the wrong reasons. I have a friend of mine who's a retired uh, army ranger, and he describes himself as a guy who is able to do very, very bad things to very, very bad people when he's called upon by his country to enact very, very bad things, right, on bad people. What we may be building in this country are people who do not require the modifier of bad people, bad think. As Justin Trudeau has explained it, if you're getting chills as you watch the thing that we're not going to let go of, you're watching Canada, you're watching horses run disabled women down, you're watching people stomped in the street because they want to work, you are watching people who are willing to employ the power of force against their neighbors because they're being told their neighbors have bad think. The neighbors have unacceptable views. I'll say it again. That is different in degree, but it is not different in type to what's being done in Ukraine. Putin is enforcing his will upon others using the tools of war. In Canada, Justin Trudeau enforced his will upon others using the tools of war. Not against lawbreakers. Not against thieves. Not against cartels, gang members, murderers, rapists, violent people. They're enforcing their will against a group of people they have smothered. Because their bosses told them you've got to smother people into taking these injections. We have got to break the will of people. We've got to show people they don't get to have bodily autonomy. Just as they're showing the United States, you don't get to have a border. You don't get to have law and order. Law and order is for us. 
You don't get to protests on January 6th. You don't get to do that. Other people get to do that. That's not for you. That's for us. So in addition to starting businesses like Bonefrog Coffee, what, what do our men and women do? That's a serious question. What do you do if you cannot serve in these police forces? I, I have this suggestion. Relocate your skills. There are honorable police forces around this country who are begging for help. You also possess skills and characteristics that are needed in the world writ large. Your commitment to protecting can be a commitment to raising up the next generation. Because you can't be a cop anymore. You can't any longer be a soldier because you cannot stomach the destruction of these careers. You can coach. You can pastor. You can teach. You can still be the lion. And you can also be the lamb. The same army ranger who described to me, I am very, very good at doing very, very bad things to very bad people. Is also a man I have watched with his daughter. He's also a man I've observed with his wife, whom he honors and he loves so very deeply. The skills that doing very bad things to very bad people, those are illegal right now. Thank God they're illegal right now. Thank God there's controls. But if you've been willing to exhibit no greater love has man than to lay down his life for his brother, if you've exhibited that, what about not totally cashing the chips in? What about instead, move your stack, move it into the schools, into the churches, into coaching, into developing young men and young women who are going to have to live in a world that the party is turning into an upside down, down is up is down, down is good world, which was presaged by the way in the Bible. We were told this would be the way it would go. You would honor your former professions and you would help us by making such a turn. This is the Todd Hermes Show. We sure do appreciate the support. As always, go be well, be strong, be kind, and yes, yes, let's all of us be right with God.